Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And tonight we're talking about season one, episode seven, season finale entitled A No Rough Stuff Type Deal. It's hard for me to say. It's hard. Had to take it slow. Uh, unlike Walt and Jesse, we're not taking it slow on the meth game. It's hard for you to say. It's hard for Tuco to do. <laughs> Keep it a no rough stuff type deal. I every in, interaction seems like a pretty rough tough. You know, he's throwing cash, yeah. he's slamming things, he's beating people to pulps. It's mm-hmm. pretty horrifying. Definitely. Do we have anything up front we want to talk about before we get into the recap? A couple things. Um, this isn't our final episode for the season. We're going to do a kind of a wrap up that we also want to. Th- there's there's a a Spanish speaking remake of breaking bad i think you know how we're always stealing shows from france and from belgium and norway and uk a lot uk and we make it to americanize well the uh the uh south and central americans have struck back yep what'd you say it was called metastasis i think so yeah it is a remake of breaking bad spanish speaking and Uh, uh we've we've heard a lot of people talking about it and uh the feedback and on facebook we're gonna check out the pilot episode and tell you what we think yeah, I'm not even sure it's authorized, like an authorized remake. I think this might be like a you, bootleg sort of. I don't think you have to have authorization to rework a series. Let's get this Spanish guy. Let's paste a mustache on him. <laughs> let's shave his head and put him in a pork pie and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's got a man in a bumblebee costume. I. It's, it's, no, it's got some fucking weird. I've seen part of the first episode, and it has some very, like, uh, localized stuff. Yeah. But it's still the same basic story with the same basic characters. Yes. Uh, it, it's interesting. So, yeah, check that out next week. So we'll be checking that out next week. Also, uh, later in the cast, we'll talk about our plans for season two. Yes, we are going to cover season two. This mm-hmm. experiment has been an unqualified success. We're very happy with it. Uh, also got uh, another shot of Pimpin'. Our, uh, the, the thing I'm very excited about for November 7th and 8th, the ABQ Breaking Bad Fan Fest that happens out in Albuquerque. Yeah. It keeps getting bigger. Uh, every week I got something new to announce. This week they confirmed that Ma- uh, Max Arsenega, uh, a.k.a. Crazy 8, is going to be joining the swelling celebrity panel. Awesome. We got uh, now Skinny Pete. We got the Cousins. We got Victor. We got uh, Agent Steven Gomez. We got another panel, a behind-the-scenes panel. I talked about Al Goto, what a badass stunt coordinator he was last week. This week we got uh, announcing Michael Flowers, who's the set decorator. We'll have a lot of questions for him about some of the sly things he's slipped in over the years. He's also uh, going to be doing some of a uh, little set decoration for some of the uh, panel pieces and, cool. and the VIP party. Cool. So that, that's going to be interesting. There is a VIP after party. Uh, there's going to be a trivia podcast. There's going to be a uh, costume contest that me and Jim are going to moderate. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, tours of the locales of breaking uh, involved in Breaking Bad in and around Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Hope you guys can make it November seventh and eighth. Check out ABQ Breaking Bad Fest dot com or under Facebook page uh, Facebook dot com slash Breaking Bad Fest. Always link that stuff in my show notes. Uh, but act fast. You don't have a lot of time left to get your uh, get your get your uh, tickets saved. Sure. Let's get right into the episode. What did you think? Okay. Uh, this is, it's interesting as a season finale. It definitely leaves, leaves Walt and Jesse in kind of a, uh, a bad situation, a sticky situation here. It's partial triumph, partial 
pants-shitting terror. Yeah, but I don't feel like there is a next logical step, right? It's like they've got the methylamine, they've got the money, they've got enough for a long time, so where do they go from here? Is it just going to be them cooking for Tuco for yeah, ages? I, I definitely feel like the main tension is Tuco's a maniac. It is, yeah. And what in the hell are they going to do? How long can they keep cooking? But like plot-wise, there's there aren't really any big threads left over from the, the no there's no the hatch plot map yeah um like i said other than what they're, they're going to do with tuco interestingly enough structurally this is not how the first season was supposed to go sure it got shut down prematurely because of the writer strike um there's a whole lot of very interesting things about the first season that vince gilligan originally uh had jesse dying mm-hmm partway through the first season and he was so impressed by the work he's getting out of Aaron Paul he went and got his uh uh the rubber end of his pencil and changed the changed the scripts mm-hmm. you you wonder what kind of impact i think that's something we'll be talking about in the spoiler section what if breaking bad had had a full first season mm. you know what if what if Jesse had gotten killed in in the first season yeah how would that have affected the the series as a whole? Interesting um, questions. A lot of questions. Similar question we had about like season five. What if they hadn't split that into two sections? Mm-hmm. You know, how would it have affected the process? Yeah, but, watching this first season, I find myself shocked by how fast everything is moving. Yeah, uh, we've been through the methylamine heist. One villain already. I I would not have guessed that the methylamine heist was in season one. I would have like mid season two maybe. I, I would have I would have put up like a full week's pay. Yeah, <laughs> on a bar bet that the methylamine heist didn't happen until early season two. Shocking. Very surprised. It'll it'll get less and less shocking as you go on because I I feel like I have a much firmer grasp of things from season three on. But yeah, yeah, no, totally totally amazed. Um, but I thought, you know, all these episodes I think have been great. Mm-hmm. But if I'm giving out like five star reviews, I think the pilot gets a five star. Crazy handful of nothing. Last week's episode gets a five star, and the finale is five star because it was just super entertaining. I was it laughing is. out loud a lot watching this episode. Yeah, no, me too. Um, even if I, I, I think some people didn't like how silly it got, and maybe they wanted a little bit more really? of the gritty reality of the meth game. I mean, you got to think about it. this is contemporary with like The Wire, which right. is a very very different show. Sure. Uh, so maybe people were expecting a little more of that out of their meth game. And I don't know what I would have thought too, because if you're comparing, like if I was, if, if Sunday night, my comp was uh season four, of the wire and season one versus breaking bad, mm-hmm. I would have watched the wire live and DVR breaking bad. I mean, yeah, that's what, uh, Alan Sepinwall in his review was like, I've got the wire swimming around in my head. So I don't really care about this breaking bad thing. Yeah. Uh, here are the moments I liked. Sure. That's it. <laughs> No, but it's it's interesting how your what's going on, what's competing contemporarily at the tel, at the time of television can kind of influence your views. Oh, definitely. So. All right, let's get into the recap. Let's we do it. start off with the parent staff meeting at Walt's school, and this is all predicated on uh, Mister. What's his name being arrested? I can't uh, remember his name. Hugo. Hugo. Yeah, something Hugo. Or other. Hugo Piehead. Yeah, so he he got arrested and the parents got concerned. It might have been Arsenega, actually. They might have stolen. Th- th- I think they did, yeah. 
uh, which is kind of a cool little fact there. And also, they stole his first name for a character that uh, gets debuted in season four. Yeah. So <laughs> they just uh, used every part of the actor. They're like the yeah. uh, Native Americans with the buffalo. <laughs> uh, so uh, during this meeting where everyone is suggesting outrageous things like strip searches for people at school because the dude had weed in his car, how would a strip search help you there? <sighs> Uh, yeah, right. Because he had his whole he car shoved up his ass. His car. Yeah, it's silly. And the background checks. I mean, it's this, typical overreaction. This from... is this is how we do in this country, man. It's the reason sure. why we. I'd got... like to bring a little more sanity to the certainly to the field. I'm not, you know, uh, I, you're taking off her shoes because some maniac somewhere tried to light a fuse on his heel. I mean, uh-huh. we overreact as a course of action, and you throw children. Think of the children, Jim. God. You know, right. how many anuses would you personally search if it meant saving even one child? The number's not zero. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Uh, so Walt makes a move on Skylar during this meeting. He mm. uh, grabs a leg and starts rubbing it under the table until he's called on. Uh, Just to, as to Skylar's speak. getting into it and her eyes yep. close, he flaps flops a laptop onto the table and starts uh, browsing eBay and says, how you like me now? <laughs> Payback's a bitch. <laughs> uh, no, that does not happen. They do go out to the car, however, and get it on. Get it on right in the car, right outside the school and next to a police car. Mm. Which I think plays in a little later when Walt's uh, suggesting that some things are fun because they're illegal. So illegal, but it's so good. The Aztec, Aztec was rocking. Walt could definitely have used the camper package. Oh yeah, you yeah. could have used the headroom and the legroom, sure. It mm-hmm. looked like you know his uh, his middle aged back and and Skyler's <laughs> yeah. uh, hip sockets weren't 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 quite happy with what was going on there. Nope. Uh, in the background, in the beginning of the scene, you had the meth equals death. Yeah, yeah. A lot of you know obvious foreshadowing for the where the direction the series is going. Okay, I, I think even without foreshadowing, it's a pretty true statement on the face of it. Certainly, certainly, <laughs> yeah. But uh, then we go to um, Jesse's house, and there's a real estate agent showing people around. And Walt pulls up out front, and he's looking for Jesse, and he's in the RV. And he goes inside, and he sees, you know, Jesse was beat up last episode. Yeah. So now he's recovering. Has ribs wrapped. Got to be a couple of weeks at least, right? Mm, Yeah, I think so. Since last episode? No, I don't know that I buy that because his face alone tells me walt had not gone back to see him about the tuco and he promised tuco two pounds of meth by the next week so it can't be multiple weeks but his face was no i don't know his face pulp, i don't it? i don't think so i think uh it was more getting stomped on the ground hmm. this time his face the one time he got spared his face was spared <laughs> once plus he got proper hospital treatment for this one it wasn't just concealer mm-hmm. uh I, this basement is designed for a fucking serial killer. It looks like it's it's equipped uh-huh. with a pit that you can throw women in and threaten to beat them with the hose if they don't put the lotion on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the real estate agent saying the house is great bones, but, you know, more death imagery in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Jesse also, the rare time, time where he flips the tables on Walt and pokes holes in all of his plans. Cause he's like two yeah. pounds. How the fuck are we going to get two pounds? I can barely get enough to cook a pound of pseudo with all the stuff I do. He introduces us to the word Smurf. Sure. Uh, to the dudes who go around and buy the cold medicine. Yeah. 12 tablets at a time. And so that they can 
collect it all and then make their meth. Interesting that I guess a, a pound of meth can be cooked by like between 50 and 100 boxes of cold meds. I was surprised. I, f- for some reason, thought it was a much, you had needed a lot, lot more pseudo to cook an equivalent amount of meth. Yeah. But what the hell do I know? I'm not a chemist. Nothing, man. And they might be giving us false numbers on the show. Mm. That That's a distinct You really can make 50 pounds of meth from one yeah. tablet. It's incredibly uh-huh. easy. <laughs> uh, that's so, why they really have to track that shit. So, yeah, I really like that he, he turns the tables on him. It shows that Walt is still not as good as he thinks. He hasn't thought everything through. And, and anytime Jesse can show some skill, I enjoy it. Right. Uh, and this becomes even a bigger concern for Jesse later on, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt and Skyler then meet with his doctor, and um, Skyler thinks things are going pretty well, thanks to the, the previous night's activities in the car, and they're, they're hopeful. But they talk with the doctor about some alternative therapies yeah speaking of uh things that annoy me about uh skylar she's wanting to cure cancer with acupuncture and aromatherapy and just just shut that down give him a lot of red bulls that that taurine yeah ramp him up cure your cancer right there jackstart that uh, metabolism although walt does effectively use it for some camouflage later on in the episode so he does yeah and that's foreshadowed um when they're in their bedroom and he's kind of just surfing around on the the net there you can see it it's in the same scene that he drops that bomb it, but. it, it seems that uh skylar and walt are both pretty riding pretty high on the uh cancer treatment hog here and the mm-hmm. doctor's quick to bring him down saying well, you know you guys really need to manage your expectations i'm glad walt's uh boner is unflagging and you're enjoying that but uh, still man's got stage three lung cancer yeah not out of the woods yeah uh, probably never going to be out of the woods. Or the desert, as it were. Uh-huh. Uh, then Walt and Jesse meet with Tuco in a junkyard, and Jesse's a little a little bit dismayed by that. This is a non-criminal's idea of where a drug deal would go down. Yep. Uh, and Walt delivers way less than he promised to Tuco. And not only does he deliver way less, but he then promises twice as much as he had promised the previous week and asks for money up front. Yeah, I mean... I don't know that Tuco knows what to do with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's, no one has the balls. Yeah, he's he's trying to cow him at every single time. He blew up his whole fucking office last uh-huh. time, and now he's wanting to ask for a loan and make him take double the product. It's it seems crazy, but if you so you look at the scene and you say, Walt had a plan going into this scene. Walt knew that this point five pounds was not going to satisfy Tuco. Um, he also knows that he's got to come up with a better solution than sending out Smurfs to get cold medicine. So I think going into this scene, he's got the plan. When he says four pounds, he knows he's going to steal a whole bunch of methylamine. Mm. Not 50 gallons of it, but mm-hmm. gallon jugs worth, which will mm-hmm. make him plenty. He knows that. He knows mm-hmm. that going in, but Jesse doesn't. Walt has clearly not shared that information with I him. I don't know that. I don't know that Walt. Well, yeah, I guess because he has to. If yeah. he couldn't deliver two pounds, okay, but then yeah, he you're right. Four, he's got to. You're know. right. It, there, the, there's enough time for him to thought about it between the meeting. That yeah, because then he comes back and he just makes the list. Sure. How does this go? Do these deals go down differently if they're at a mall? Like for one thing, I don't mm. know that you bring four pounds of meth to a mall. Like that's like. 
a full duffel bag. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know. You do that. And I feel like that there's definitely, um, people on the lookout for make doing drug deals at malls. Probably. Uh, but on the other hand, no one gets beat. No one gets beat to pulp. No one gets turned into a re- uh, raspberry slushy as, uh, sure. No one's face gets turned to a raspberry slushy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so then he, they, they go back to Jesse's house and Walt makes a list of the things that they need to cook this four pounds of meth. Yeah, and science. Sends Jesse on a mission. Yeah, yeah. He also gets the the idea. Uh, I, no, no, no. It's not till later when he looks at the equipment score mm-hmm. um, that he gets that idea. Do you this this speech that Walt gives? Because because Jesse's very uneasy about all this because he's seen Tuco and he got he he got uh, he already got the slushy treatment once. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Walt only the only reason he didn't is because he again blew up the dude's hideout. Mm-hmm. It just strikes me as funny that this is literally a dead man asking a young man to risk his entire life. Sure. That it's he's playing with house money and he's asking a guy that's living paycheck to paycheck to bet the farm. There's just something you know banal you know the banality of the evil that he's using to manipulate Jesse. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't care much for Jesse. It strikes like, he me. He doesn't think about what Jesse needs or wants. It strikes me when, you know, same thing when you listen to Dan Carlin, you're you're hearing like politicians in yeah. World War One and Two talking about the expenditure of young men's lives in wars. Like sure. it's I a similar kind of thirty thousand in a day. Yeah, it's similar kind of like horrifying looking into the abyss that I got. And I I don't even know that I remember when I first watched this, I took this as a straight up aspirational. You know, like okay. he's, it's, it's, he's, I, and, but now on the rewatch, I'm getting the whole like, man, this guy, this guy, the shit he's trying to do to, to poor Jesse. It's interesting though, because Jesse's life, I don't think even has much value to him at the beginning of this series, right? <sighs> well, I don't know. I mean, I there's, mean, there's, the, there's an argument he made there, but also the fact that you want to end your life, uh, short and brutal and painful. I, I that, that, that's, no, that's... I certainly think Jesse wants to live, but I don't think he puts much value in the life that he has. Hmm. And, and I mean, maybe that's just, you know, him being a young guy. Right. It's like he doesn't realize the, the future that's ahead of him. So sure. who cares about it? Sure. Uh, but I, he's kind of going nowhere. I mean, he's a burnout, meth head, nobody yeah, until what... he hooks up with Walt. Dirty little secret is you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want in your teens and 20s and it doesn't matter it absolutely does not matter as long as you don't land in jail or and or you don't die you can pretty much pull up out of any kind of <laughs> nosedive your life is in however jesse's flirting with both of those things yeah no that's true Aye. not a good scenario then we get marie leading a video tour of uh skylar's baby shower with Walt Jr. at the uh, on the camera there. I don't know if that's the best choice. That the guy with cerebral palsy is manning the camera, it's and the you oppos- can tell it's the opposite of a steady cam. It is a shaky cam for sure. <laughs> I There's mean, not enough image stabilization in the world. No, no. You want to put this in a, a airplane crash scene <laughs> for the things going down. I think Marie put him up to it because Marie is full on insane. She did. Mm-hmm. She's she's I. You put a camera on this woman, and she turns into a maniac. Yeah, uh, Esmeralda is the name that she's chosen it's, this for is, their daughter. This is not an accurate representation of Marie as your aunt. 
No, God, no. No. If you want that, you got to go to Zachary's and follow her around covertly. Or give her a glass of wine and let her get really bitter and cynical and biting. <laughs> that's that's what you got going for you. Yeah. Tell her you're going to publish a book. Yeah, Holly comes in, 15 high. Hey, look, uh, you, uh, if, uh, you know, you... You've gained like a couple pounds, you need, uh-huh. you know, in your face. What's what's going on your face? Are you eating just pizza and chocolates? <laughs> Look at that pimple. I mean, that's that's the answer you're going to be getting, Holly. Definitely, yeah. Uh, there is the touching moment with uh, Walt here as he gets oh, on the camera. Wow. Uh, and it's it's sad because he knows that he's not going to be around uh, when she watches this video. So uh, he goes into kind of heartfelt mode, whereas everyone else was kind of light and having fun. Uh, Walt doesn't have that luxury. Yeah. Sad. Speaking of touching, Junior's a straight-up pervert. Oh, yeah. The one thing he can focus on is a woman's cleavage that's standing six inches away from him. I think he's a pervert. Him. I think he's just a teenager. I mean, I was a teenager. If I had a camera, I wouldn't shove it down some lady's blouse. He's no, a little bit of a perv. But you'd be looking. I'd steal a glance or two. The, the thing is, <laughs> Junior either doesn't care or doesn't understand that... People are going to be watching this video. His Eventually, mom will be watching yes, this video. And they will see that you pointed the camera right at this lady's boobs. Maybe he's Come doing on. it to be funny, but still kind of gross. Yeah. I do uh, like when he spins it around and is only like doing the, like showing his eyes and the his nostrils hair. and eyebrows. Yeah. This is your brother. <laughs> uh, also, Marie Insane buying, even if she bought it legitimately, getting a baby at Tiara. What's the use? I'm just gonna chew on it. They're gonna swallow most of those zircons. My sister, God, I love her, but she is so filling her her daughter's head with this princess crap. Ah, oh my gosh, she's raising she's (laughs) raising an intolerable human being. I I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, I I wonder if that's should I call child protective services? I mean, there's just entirely too much pink and (laughs) spoiling her child and and princess stuff going on here. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if that's how Marie was raised. I wonder and she if... ended up with Hank. I need to call Child Protective Services. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm making the phone call. Yeah, it's funny how how Hank constantly puts her down, like puts his wife down at every turn. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm married to her. Like, yeah. it's something bad. It's it's not that bad. Yeah. Marie's nice enough. <laughs> I just say they have a dis- – they have a what's, – what's the opposite of a virtuous circle? A, uh, a a toilet flushing type relationship where they just both tear into each other continually forever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's that's not something you want to be a part of. Nah, uh, it seems like Hank knows that that uh, Marie stole this tiara. What? I mean, there's a look on his face, and and he asked immediately oh. after that, "You got something stronger than this beer?" Oh, I thought that was just another. I was going to throw that as QED for Marie being intolerable, but you're right. I was thinking he was worried about her being spindy, but yeah, I mm. think that you're you might be right. He had a little inkling that Th- that's uh, what it felt like to me, mm. uh, especially asking for that that drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Hank and Walt go outside, and they share some cigars on the patio. And they're kind of waxing philosophical about what is and isn't currently illegal, how that changes over time, and and the root of that, what should and shouldn't be illegal if these things are in flux. Yeah, Hank's passing out Cuban cigars, and he's smoking up, and he's like, ah, it tastes like hypocrisy. (laughs) Um, I don't know, because this is the classic, I wish we had the time and people's patience to have another knockdown, drag-out drug debate. But the one thing that Hank comes back with is probably the best defense for why we have drugs being illegal, which is where do you, you know, heroin, meth? You're going to let, mm-hmm. uh, you know, PCP? 
Sure. Legalize it all. Chugging cough syrups. Like, where do you draw the line of what's huffing, huffing paint? I mean, where do you draw the line about what's legal and illegal and versus the societal harm that drugs do versus societal harm that enforcement does? I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you imagine, but we'll have to yeah. save them for another day. I do too. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but it is, Hank- it is arbitrary, and I think that is a very interesting conversation for Walt and Hank to have, especially in this mm-hmm. episode where uh, Walt's already – Tasted the forbidden fruit in the form of Skyler on a school property with a police cruiser right next. Exactly. That is a theme running through this episode for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's on all sides of the fence here, right? It's the the meth dealer. It's the law enforcement officer. It's his wife. It's it's everybody. Um, I, I don't think anybody would argue that stealing things should be legal. So I think Marie's a little outside the bounds here. No, that's the thing. Like, there's definitely because the other things you can make a you can take that argument and go slippery slope and say, well, you know, uh, the very fact that you enforce any law deprives people of life and liberty. So maybe we should have no laws. So it's like you know, it's kind of arb- no. Your 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 rights extend as far uh, until they reach mine. I know, but I'm just saying that there's an argument. There is an an, an an a philosophic argument to be had about. You know the arbitrary nat- nature of any kind of secular law. There is sure, but we're not going to have it here. Not this day. <laughs> uh, so Seppenwall said, "I was reading his review, and this is kind of the one point that he did make that this is the first time Hank has not come across as a clown." Do you agree with that? I felt like a couple episodes ago, you know, when when not during the. Um, not during the family meeting, but when Hank immediately found out about the cancer, uh, mm-hmm. when they were out on, at and having the pool party, that he showed a little bit more depth. And also when the way he handled uh, Walt Jr. getting busted for drinking, mm-hmm. you know, the concern of how this is going to make him. Uh, definitely he starts becoming less of a buffoon and a bit less of a cartoon character. But you, that's yeah. – it takes a pretty close w- reading and close watching to get that, you know. I mean I don't. If I was Alan Seppawall and I'm dashing off five paragraphs with this episode and I haven't, you know, been – And fall- you're, you're worried more about the wire. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I mean that's something that comes out doing a 50-minute podcast on a 50-minute episode that you don't get yeah. doing that. So I don't – you know, I don't, don't hate him for, for missing that. But no, I definitely don't agree that this is the first time he comes across as not a clown. OK, good because I don't either. Uh, I think even if you were just to say last episode – where he went into the school and did an inventory, I think we were both impressed by his skills. He knows his stuff. He knows what he's doing at his job. He's not a clown when it comes to his work. Certainly, yeah. And and they've shown that to us. Yeah, yeah. So before bed, Skylar is talking with Walt about Marie's gift, and she tells him, I'm going to go return it. It's just, it's useless. It's too extravagant, and it's useless. I need a diaper genie more than I need a $500 (laughs) crystal tiara. (laughs) Uh, and Walt's browsing around on the internet, and he found this Navajo sweat lodge that he says he wants to go to. Also, the implication here, I think Marie definitely undersold how valuable that tiara was. She I said, like, it's zircon, right? It's, she's, she's like, white gold, cubic zirconium, all that. Like, it's basically uh-huh. something kind of chintzy, but still expensive. I, yeah. that, I don't, I, I had no taste or knowledge of how much jewelry costs, but. If those are actually real gems and it's like Several a platinum carrots. tiara instead of white gold, then you could have thousands of thousands of dollars in that thing. 
Absolutely. And why not? If you're gonna you're gonna rip off a dime. That's the thing. Why go steal? Big. Why steal? Go big. Don't go, don't don't rip off costume jewelry. <laughs> don't don't take the IKEA painting off my wall. Take no. the fucking Mona Lisa, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think it's funny the site that he's browsing here, and I don't know if this site exists on the internet. This is a real thing, but it's like all of the kind of nonsense stuff that they're talking about the holistic stuff in the doctor's office is represented on this web page they're like the ultimate new mexico experience a sweat sure. lodge and then the side is like a dude holding out his hands and he's got vitamins and it just says vitamins with an exclamation <laughs> mark right oh great can't get those anywhere <laughs> well it's it's the fact that you're scarfing them in a sweat lodge that's oh the it's the sweat plus the vitamins mm-hmm. we just need to make sweat pills you yeah. take your sweat pills, you take your vitamins, cure for cancer. There you go. So then Walt's uh, in Jesse's garage, and he's reviewing the equipment that he got. And he got everything except for the methamine. Jesse could not get his hands on it. This is the one time that Walt just is pleased with what Jesse's done. Like, I kept uh-huh. waiting on the rewatch. I'm like, as soon as he hears he doesn't have the methylamine, it's going to be, oh, why didn't you have applied yourself, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, like, Walt's pretty even-handed measured, and you've uh, pretty effusive in his praise at his shopping shopping efforts. Yeah, I imagine that when Walt assigned him to that, he knew, he must have known that methylamine would be hard to get a hold of. Mm, interesting. Uh, as, a, as a chemist, I would think so. Well, but they also play a little, like, we had the two actual chemists last episode mention that methylamine is very easy to... To manufacture from from unwatched precursors, so sure. but you got to have a MacGuffin somewhere, or else this. It seems like one of mission statements of break of, of Breaking Bad is never make meth look like it's easy money. Okay, like yeah. ne- even ne- though that's that's the whole thing that got Walt into it in the first place. Yeah, like the drama of stealing the methylamine is not the danger here. It's Tuco and selling and all that other shit. But oh, it's yeah. like they just at no time wanted to make the DEA look like they were evil or corrupt that no time wanted yeah. to make meth look like it was easy to do or there's you know anything but fraught with peril it seemed pretty easy though i mean all they had to do was lock one guard <laughs> into a porta potty with a bungee cord yeah <laughs> so it seemed easy uh anyway so jesse's saying he couldn't get the methylamine but he talked with some guys who can rip it off for them and then uh walt sees an etch-a-sketch and he's got an idea launches into an episode of hardcore history with dan carlin talking about yeah macgyver shit oh macgyver yeah no i was going with the german gun oh the gustav world war ii yeah yeah the commandos destroyed him with thermite yeah while he's mixing up this thermite he's he's teaching jesse a lesson right it's a mr we just turned this show turns into mr wizard basically for five minutes yeah i want to know where, where he got so many edge sketches <laughs> i think he went out and bought them you think so yeah it's okay. like he, he jesse the had one the, the one because the one then... that jesse had looked like it's something that he'd played with as a kid yeah dusty and then and... he goes to uh toys r us and buys a whole bunch of identical models which kind of stretched my disbelief but i'm like no Etch sketches look like fucking extra sketches. They haven't changed yeah. in fifty years, so they're still the red square. Yep, yeah. with the weird fifties uh, style futuristic writing on them. Imagine and... the shit you could get out of a light bright, man. <laughs> oh my god, a fusion bomb. Pretty much, yeah. Spoiler alert: that's the plot for half of season three. <laughs> Walt with a light bright and a Mr. Potato Head <laughs> and a Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I give up. I give it's up. It's the Manhattan Project in Albuquerque, yep. which 
Actually, I think the Manhattan Project did happen in New Mexico. It so. probably did, yes. Uh, anyway, so Skylar returns the tiara, and she is shocked when they tell her that it's stolen. And they decide they're going to call the police, but then they take Skylar to the back room, and she gets upset, and she fakes labor, and they let her out. She Heisenbergs it. Thinks on her feet. Yeah, no, it was impressive. Uh, and also hilarious. I mean, right off the bat, we've got her insulting this guy accidentally with yeah. this dank. I, I, I'll tell the news I was detained in a dank storage closet. And he's like, this is my office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Uh, so he goes and says, I want to tell the police that my daughter was showing this tiara to a tall blonde woman. And then she turned her back and she was gone. Yeah. Skyler is a tall kind of dirty blonde woman marie mm-hmm. is not particularly tall and she certainly doesn't have blonde hair no i noticed some people i think on reddit were questioning whether this guy was just making shit up as to say look i know you stole it and i'm just going to tell the cops that to intimidate her or whether he got some of the facts wrong because the i protested when i was watching the scene he's got no evidence you can't just sure you know I'm surprised that place doesn't have cameras. Yeah, like the way um, shoplifting law works, you have to see a person pick it up and walk it out and never break visual observation of the person or else you're going to get – you know, you're, you're flirting with a false detainment unless they just confess to it. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like that that's you know, maybe a little bit of creative license. A little bit. But I wasn't sure, sure if, if – what was your call that – you know, do you I, – I assumed that Marie had worn a wig in. Really? Yeah. Blonde wig. If you're gonna steal something, eh, people wear ski masks. Wig, I mean, wig it up. Yeah, that's when she comes in. She later. comes in the green ski mask <laughs> with the purple fuzzy ball. Uh-huh. I'd like to look at your finest tiaras, please. <laughs> <laughs> something appropriate for an infant's head. Yeah. No, I, I think she wore a wig, but I don't have any actual evidence to support that. Mm. Especially not that I can divulge in the non-spoiler section. But it's interesting this parallel between Skylar using a physical infirmity as an excuse to get out of something ostensibly illegal. Of course, she didn't actually yeah. steal it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel like the more I, something I'm seeing on this rewatch is that Walt and Skyler have a lot of the same, a uh, lot of the same pros about them or what, what I'm trying to say. A lot of the same uh, skill set, uh, a lot of the same personality flaws. Okay. They have a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. that wasn't immediately obvious the first time I watched it. All right, I can get behind that. Uh, so then they go to the methylene compound that night. They are oh my God. kind of scouting it out behind the fence. They see a guard. They're waiting for him to do his thing. And he ends up going to the porta potty where they Jesse decides, I'm going to lock him in there. Takes off, ties a rope around it. Arguably, Jesse saves her bacon. Yeah. Because this would have been plan. a shit show. Uh, the thermite would have worked. Uh-huh. But they would have immediately been stopped or been ran off before they could you know, make off the methylamine. Jesse saved the yeah, bacon, saved their ass. A couple of things they weren't counting on. Like they didn't count on there being an alarm. I think, right. They didn't count on it being 50 gallon barrels sure. versus like, well, it's like, where are the jugs? Yeah, Where, where are, are the, the gallon, gallon jugs? I, I just wanted to carry some off like milk. No, not going to happen. Maybe next time you pay the pros 10,000 to rip it off for you. Yeah. That seems like a bargain. Yeah. Honestly, but you know, they're a startup. They got, they got more time <laughs> and the money, you know? Thing. Yep. Uh, how much does one of those 50 gallon barrels weigh? Any idea? 
Dude, a full 50 gallons? I don't know because I've got a 50-gallon aquarium, uh-huh. and I could not lift it with even uh, – a, a, a guy. I'm a pretty big guy, pretty strong guy, and another me, I don't think we could lift it. Wow. And carry it in any kind of stable. Now, it's a glass box, not a, a round thing, but my, I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's... <laughs> It seems like it would be super heavy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying they couldn't carry it off, but just they did a good job of conveying how heavy this thing was. Uh, and they could have used the cart that was sitting right there, right? Like you said, as as they were walking by oh, that yeah, the golf potty, cart, sure. Yeah, stick it in the passenger seat and go. Right. So water weighs eight pounds per gallon. So four hundred pounds. Yeah, if it's if it's uh, that's not that's not so bad. It's it's I don't know. <laughs> walking away with it. Where did they put it? Because. They had to get it outside the fence, mm-hmm. and I presume you could wall ro- parked kind of far away. Yeah, I mean, you could roll it, I guess. Yeah, why didn't they roll it? I don't know. Was Walt afraid it would bust open? Yeah, well, I mean, it they can dropped ser- it down the fucking. I got to say, yeah. It turns out, no, that 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 barrel is fucking strong. But yeah. Uh, okay, well, enough about the barrel. Let's go to uh, Jesse's house again. They're they're trying to get the RV started to go out to the desert and cook with their new methylamine supply. But it doesn't start. It starts up and then it breaks. Uh, shitty RV strikes again. And they decide, we're going to cook in the basement. And then they're, they're, Jesse knows there's an open house that day, so he tries to call the real estate agent, but she doesn't hear it because the phone's in her car. So you know there's trouble coming. Sure. Uh, did, did you make anything about the competition to start this RV? Like, that always seems like a struggle between them. Who's going to be kind of in charge of the RV every time they go out? And Jesse is definitely the one down in this relationship. So any time he, he can try, any time he can try to get a, you know, hey, I'm important too moment, I think he goes for it. And more yeah. often than not, it kind of blows up in his face. But sure, more on that in the spoiler section. Okay. I really liked the jesse saying how much cash do you need and mm. waltz ominous more i mean it's almost like his voice yeah. drops an act octave that more. doesn't that doesn't feel like a man who has this plan calculated out i just feel like it's uh, man, he, I, it's not just that i feel like it's you know the fact that this is you know, is is this about the family? Is it about his own ego gratification? Is this about keeping score in life? And I feel like it's starting mm-hmm. to transition to that ladder. That how much more does he need? Yeah. He just needs. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have a target. You know, like hey, a million dollars or five hundred thousand or enough to pay for my treatment plus enough to pay off the house. It's just more. Yeah, and that fits right in line with the idea that these illegal acts he's been doing are fun because they're illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between blowing up Tuco's hideout last episode and getting the thrill of that and then boning his wife this episode in the car yeah uh walt's getting a taste for things that he shouldn't be doing and he's enjoying that Uh, and this this whole enterprise was doomed to failure from the beginning there's no fucking way that you can get all the way through a meth cook with the reek i mean even in the initial stages the the poor real estate ladies like you know trying to spray there's not enough Febreze in the world, is what I'm trying to say, to mask yeah, yeah. this terrible, terrible smell. I, I think it is funny, though, that lady walks by who smelled it, clearly, and the real estate agent tries to play it off like she was the smelly one. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, she's leaving the room. Let's spray behind her. Yeah. Oh. 
See, I oh, <laughs> when you said that we were watching, I was like, oh, what? This real estate's trying to take one for the team and imply that she farted. No, no, no. That the lady smelled who was yeah, just walking the out smeller, of that room. smellers, the feller. She yeah, who smelt yeah. it dealt it. Uh huh. Yeah, like chemical death coming out of her rectum. Yep. All right, I get down with that. Uh, anyway, so those people uh, are looking around the house, and Walt tells Jesse to keep him out of the basement. Um. Is this the scene where he goes upstairs and talks to the guy who's trying to get into the basement? No, but okay. there's a couple of things that bleed in, like, you know, Walt coming out with his uh, gas mask on and shh, the yeah. little girl uh-huh. who's <laughs> right there by the basement. That was pretty funny. It's got to be so weird for her. Oh, God. He's sweaty, too. His face, his face drips away. Uh-huh. He's wearing a spacesuit. He's got a <laughs> mask on his dome. Uh-huh. Again, this is a serial killer's lair down there. Yeah, pretty much. Don't go down there, little girl. Uh, so Marie's shopping. She's out uh, checking out some earrings. You think she's going to pay for those earrings? I doubt it. <laughs> uh, Skyler walks up, though. She finds her and says, hey, stop ducking me. Tells her what happened at Zachary's. And then she asks why Marie is stealing, but Marie just completely denies it. Stonewalls her. Sure. But also with that kind of like sweaty, teary desperation yeah. in her eyes. She's that... not fooling anybody. But, you know, she's she's got the shaggy defense down. Wasn't me. Yeah. No, I, I saw you steal the tip. No, it wasn't me. There's, yeah, how, how do you how do you bust through that? I don't. She just when someone is refusing to admit reality exists. How how do you? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I have this personal relationship theory where like once trust is broken and there's no roadmap for trust to be rebuilt, the relationship's already over. Some people mm-hmm. might like to go through private investigators and going through people's cell phones and trying to read their emails What's and want a tear confession. But my thing is, if once trust is lost in a relationship, and again, absent a roadmap, like if Marie comes clean and they talk about the reasons why, but if you're just dealing yeah, with that yeah. person, then that relationship's over. All right. Well, I hope that's not the way it's going. Um, uh, Skyler's shocked by it, though. One thing I thought was really cool on Um I've been posting or been getting tidbits and posting uh, the the links to the different Breaking Bad observations, uh, they made a good point where every scene that we've seen of Marie so far stealing involves a mirror in the background. Hmm. That That's a visual uh, parallel to her dual nature, her duality. Okay. That she's married to a DEA agent, and, you know, you presume, and she's also kind of huffy about people smoking marijuana and... You know, guys having a, a toke in their truck, but yet she's stealing. She's committing grand theft larceny. Hmm. Interesting. That's all I wanted. That's <laughs> we can all move on. you're going to get. I just want a single, the, the ring, a single interesting from you. <laughs> so people are starting to smell the cook in Jesse's house. And one of them wants desperately to see the basement. Yeah. It's his right. Apparently, yeah. This ain't a bathroom. This ain't occupied. And Jesse flips out and he closes down the open house. He he jumps out of the basement. He says, you ain't seen the basement, bitch. Yeah. I just love how he calls this guy bitch. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it never gets old. N- never. Never. And like, every time Aaron out. Paul does it in public, I expect to kind of cringe a little bit. And like, man, this is good. But it still hasn't got old yet. I don't know why that is. Ten years from now, if he's if he's trotting out, bitch. Mm. But I don't, man, look how much mileage Arnold got out of quote in Terminator in his race for the governor. True. Like people just don't get tired of that shit. Thing is, you got to let it die down a little bit yeah. before it can make a resurgence. You can't turn it into your life. 
No. Then, then it's a little desperate. Like, yeah. The child actor that's still cutting their hair the same way and wearing the, the denim overalls and quoting their lines and they never yeah. stopped. It, it's like if, if, what's his name? Uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Sure. Just kept going around saying Snoochie Booches. I pretty much, I think Jason, I think that is Jason what Mews. he's done, in fact. I, I think you're right. And that's why we never hear of Jason Mew. <laughs> right. He's, he's Kevin Smith's lackey and he always will be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Walt comes home and he's relaxing with Skylar. And uh, after his, his Navajo retreat, she tells him that. Much more uh, successful delivering an OJ than an HJ. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's amazing how one little letter, you change one little letter. It's all makes all the difference. Wrap, wrapped up in chemistry here. Yeah. It's, it's the chiral form of the HJ. Yeah, substitute the hydrogen with the oxygen, and boom, <laughs> you got a delicious citrus beverage oh, instead of a depressing hand job. Uh, yeah, so she tells him, you know, her experience from the that day with Marie. And then Walt kind of tests the waters by asking what Skyler would do if he were the one breaking the law. Blown away that this happened in episode seven of the series. Surprising. He he says people sometimes do things for their family, and Skyler's like that justifies stealing. Sure. Do it, your your cause. Mm-hmm. And I think his argument might be a little stronger if. You know, they didn't have any money and they were destitute and were starving. I was going to say, the counterpoint of that is Les Miserables. I mean, Aladdin. You don't. That's another, (laughs) sure. Equally highbrow reference. Sure. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) You know, Skylar doesn't want to be Javert, but uh, you also don't just want to let people do whatever. Sure. Man. No. People can't just like do whatever. I'm there, but you can see that Skylar's reaction is not positive. Well, if you if you were the one in that situation, I I feel like her her question that justifies stealing is saying that she doesn't approve. But she's a little playful at the end too. You you don't want to find out. There's a lot of ways you can take that. Uh, true. I don't know. Uh, one one thing Walt does not want to find out is what happens if he doesn't deliver this meth to Tuco. No, he does not. Uh, uh, fortunately, he does deliver the meth he promised, but it's blue. It's blue. This new methylamine, the process they've used, has turned his meth blue. And uh, Tuco tries it out. He says, tight, tight, tight. Tight, tight, tight. <laughs> By the way, if you go to our uh, merch section, we actually have a T-shirt for sale that's this themed. Our buddy yeah. Eric made a T-shirt that's got Heisenberg on it, and it's uh, selling Heisenberg smokes. Yeah, blue sky smokes. It's 99.1% pure, and it's tight, tight, tight. So yep. check that out if you're interested. Yeah, one of my one of the my favorite shirts that we sell. Sure. Um, so he gets the money plus some. Go to uh, Bald Move. By the way, terrible at marketing. You should go to baldmove.com and click the merch button if you want to know. Oh, people okay. just don't match. Just because we think something, Jim, it's it's slow to settle in my brain. But because we think something, it doesn't mean that people know what the hell we're talking we about. We have to say it on a microphone. Yeah, oh. there's telepathy is still oh. is still in an RFC. It's not quite. We need an RSS for your brain. That's what we need. <laughs> just all the thoughts. No, no, no. Never mind. I was going to say, I do not want it. No. <laughs> I do not want an RSS feed of my brain. That's unless I get everybody else's I can subscribe to. Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he gets, he delivers more than the four pounds that he promised. And he gets some extra money from that. And then one of Tuco's underlings gives him the warning to remember who they're working for. And Tuco freaks out. He takes offense to that. He freaks out. He beats him senseless. Uh, and that scares Walt and Jesse. As it should. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, that is 
pretty like even Tuco at the end, like he's he's just so amped, but he's like, That's messed up, man. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think he's on meth at that time. He just took a big hit of meth. When is Tuco not on meth? I'm curious. I feel like maybe when he showed up, he wasn't, but he was I a have little, no evidence for that. He was a little bit more relaxed in the first junkie. He was cracking jokes. Yeah. And, but then he did. He ends up throwing cash and getting right. And I mean, he's. He's a madman. He's a madman. His uh, heart's going to explode at the age of like 35 if he keeps on going. He's got to. I mean, he's already got fake teeth, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess he doesn't have actual fake teeth. He's got a grill. Are you saying he's, he's, he's going to get teeth. like a golden platinum valve replacement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to get a grill for his heart. <laughs> I don't know what good that'll do him. He's going to get like a window put in his chest. Yeah. Look at this platinum heart. It's tight. <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting here because obviously Walt and Jesse are very scared. They know they're in an unstable situation. But at the same time, they got these big bags of money in their hands. There's another cerebral observation that this, and I thought it was pretty brilliant, that this scene so shaked, shook Walt that it knocked him out of his Heisenberg persona. He actually oh, took yeah. his sunglasses off and put his chemistry teacher glasses on. Uh-huh. Like Heisenberg's dick shriveled up. He got in the cold water. Boom, it turned into an innie. Sure, he's out of there. He, he thinks he's hot stuff until Tuco shows up and puts him to shame. Like, what do you, you do see about a, a guy dealer? like that, man? That's the thing dealing with dealing with any criminals, terrifying. Yeah, there, there's no rule of law there, so you don't have anybody to protect you. It's you. Yeah, it's, it's you versus might them. makes right. Mm-hmm. And even the ch- like, even the like the poor chubby dude. I know the skinny guy's no dos. I have no idea what the, the, the chubby guy is. But, like, Walt's, know. like, starts to go to, I guess, intervene. Yeah. And he's like, no, there is no way mm-hmm. this gets better. You saw the reaction to it, something that this guy said this situ- yeah. on Tuco's side. Yeah, like, this situation can get worse yeah. with your interval- intervening, but yep. it will never get better. So and That's interesting because it tells you that this is not a one-off with Tuco. Tuco mm. do, has done this before, does it all the time. Yeah. So it, it really stresses how how much hot water they're in here. Yeah, Chubbs knows what's up. You just got to keep the big man happy. And so that's the vibe we go out on in this episode. Right. And I really like that. No, I, I thought for a finale that got kind of got cobbled together, it was mm-hmm. a really effective one because I couldn't wait to see what goes on with this, this uh, Tuco. You know it's terrible. You know it's going to be bad, but also Walt's got a ton of money. Yeah. He's got this new meth thing. I mean, there's a, a lot of possibilities from where to go from here. Absolutely. And that's it for the recap. Yeah, if you're looking for more stuff, uh, we'll have spoilers uh, here in a bit. But I also wanted to shout out, I forgot to last week, uh, the Heisenberg Chronicles. Uh, I got the link for that in the show notes. You can get to that on baldmove.com and also cerebral.com's observations. Uh, they do both do a great job at getting all the little details uh, that uh, we don't quite get to in our podcast. So. Check that out. I can't say enough good stuff about it. Shane's done a really great job doing his companion pieces for our podcast all season long. Look forward to seeing uh, him continue that hopefully in season two. Okay. Why don't we do some pimping and uh, some feedback? So we got something new and exciting to talk about in Bald Move, and we um, will also have a little bit more of discussion uh, at the end of this podcast before we get into the spoiler section. But uh, some people, uh, you know, we've had Subbable as our main way for listeners to directly support us. You know, Amazon stuff works too, but it's the way to directly give us uh, money. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, in exchange for stuff, uh, there's a lot of people on Patreon. Patreon's the much larger service. You know, we kind of went in subable because uh, we like the Brothers Green. We like John and Hank. We like what they do on their YouTube series. Uh, their Indiana Boys done made good. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons we went with that for our initial efforts. But uh, Patreon's a way bigger platform. It's it's a, a you know. It's also a different platform. They're not. It's not set up to do the same things a subable is. But there's a lot of people that were already patrons and asked us to do a campaign on on Patreon because they didn't want to get. You know, I can understand. You don't want to set up for Kickstarter and Patreon and subable. And eventually, enough is enough. You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Uh, so we decided to go ahead and start that. You go to Patreon.com/slash/BaldMove. That's Patreon. P A T R E O N. And we've got a whole pitch about supporting independent podcasts and why that's important, and we kind of have a humorous video contrasting our coverage of The Walking Dead as independence versus what we would be if we were sponsored by AMC. Yep. Uh, we had a lot of fun making that video uh, and kind of tells uh, the campaign. If I was to sum up the two in a nutshell, Patreon's where you go to get access because uh, we're trying to get a new ex- exclusive forum going. Uh, there's a way that we can um, crowdsource some of the custom podcasts that we're doing on Subbable where if we get to a certain milestone in a month, uh, we'll actually start voting. We'll open up a voting for you guys to decide what you want us to podcast on. Um, yeah, there's some extra content on there, too. We're going to yeah, be doing some, some video, Patreon-only stuff. Some some special video casts on a weekly and, and a special uh, special podcast monthly. Uh, check it out. Also, ad-free support. Uh, there's a level you can get uh, all ads removed. Including this one. Including this one. You wouldn't be hearing this now if you were a uh, ad-free uh, patron, patron. So check that out. Um, we should put really annoying noises into the podcast <laughs> and then have people <laughs> donate to remove those. You mean other than our voices? Sure. We could have Tuco just yelling, <laughs> tight, 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 tight. In the, oh, people might like that. No, that's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Raymond Cruz is just so, so personable. So, so easy to listen to. <laughs> Relaxing. Dulcet tones. Uh, that's all the payment I want to do because I've already talked about it a lot. And if you want to listen to the extended kind of pitch about Patreon versus Subbable, we'll have that at the end of the podcast. Uh, but please check it out. We do need your support. We Absolutely. have been full time podcasters for most of this year, but we have not. We've not exactly made it yet. We haven't made no. enough money to keep doing it long term. We've we've still got about a you know a year's worth of funding, and uh, I have no doubt that we will. But also, um, you know, if, if we got no more support than we're getting today, we wouldn't be able to afford to continue. Yeah. So it's definitely um, – Every bit is, is really appreciated, yeah. seriously. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, bottom, the bottom rung on Patreon to get all of the extra content that we're going to be producing is a buck a month. Yeah. So we're trying to, you know, we're, we're trying to get this uh, like a no brainer that pr- hopefully everybody will get involved in or, you know, enough to help us pay the bills. But, uh, you know, I'm not, not, we're not trying to be greedy. We're not Yet. Trying to, we're not How trying much to... money do I want? More. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going for 45000 a week. You know? No, no. Come on. 35000 will do. Yeah, sure. Just some walking around <laughs> change is what we need. Uh, let's get into some feedback because we got a lot of good stuff. John H. First for a quick take, he says the doghouse is there. Uh, you can uh, you can look it up on Albuquerque on Google Maps, and you can also check it out on Yelp for directions. Yeah, we got to go to the doghouse. Jenny from Breaking Bad Fest was saying that too. So we are going to go to the doghouse. I think that's on the tour destinations. We got to get a go. picture of us 
in front of the doghouse. I'm going to shave my head and wear a pork pie hat for the occasion. All right. I'll wear a baggy sweater. There you go. Uh, so thanks for setting us straight on that. Joe E says, you guys discussed Crazy 8 strategy for going out to the desert in the last episode. Yeah. It looked to me like he was going to get out uh, to go out to get the lowdown on who really cooked the meth Jesse brought him. He probably had been happy to just do business with Walt. It was only when Emilio recognized Walt from the bust that they had to move in to kill him. Excellent points. Good call. Yep. Yeah, it's something that maybe we, seeing the episode four weeks ago, should have picked up on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would think so. But, you know, <laughs> still please support us. <laughs> oh, Jesus. My, my dad, a high school teacher, brought it, bought a new Chevy Malibu. The next week, the school had brought the drug dogs in, and they went crazy around my do- dad's car. They took my dad out of class and searched oh, the car God. without finding anything. My dad talked to the car dealership, who admitted that when they got the car, it had a strong smell. They had it cleaned several times and thought it was gone. Presumably, <laughs> whoever drove the dog or car from the factory or whatnot was smoking or even had used it to move some weed. Uh, in parentheses, my dad was not arrested. I'm glad. But, yes, that's exactly the type of shit we're talking about. Um, yeah. You yeah. Know. It can happen. I'm I'm surprised it can happen, but Although, it does. Joe, was your dad a high school chemistry teacher? Mm, yeah. What Was he giving you... Good information. Yeah, I was going to say, this is starting to be a little sketchy, I think. Feeding you a line, maybe. He continues, Raymond Cruz, uh, Tuco, had a small part in Training Day, and he basically uh, plays Tuco in it. Uh, I'm going to put this in the show notes as well. There's this YouTube video (laughs) where Uh, he says in kind of the same tight, tight, tight voice, uh, he talks about getting his shit pushed in. Big time, bro. Um, The man plays a really good crazy guy. So yeah, no, definitely. But he's also played heroes. I I, I want to get a beer with this guy and see what it's like. Or maybe I, I, I don't. don't recall having seen him play a hero. I'd like to see him. You play... need to see him in clear and present danger. Yeah, I'd like to see him play something other than a raving clean cut military guy. Yeah, very heroic. Um, nice. Next email, Elizabeth G said, "When was the title referenced in the show? I almost always hear it in the episode when the characters are talking to one another, but I missed it on this episode. I don't think it was there." I think sometimes the guilt, the Villigan just uh, riffs, riffs on the titles. Sure. Yeah, I don't think anybody actually said that. Uh, Skylar showing early on her ability to think quickly in any circumstance. She faked early labor and got out of that store. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, is Marie stealing because she wants a baby? Does she resent her broke sister and brother-in-law <laughs> because they have children? Hmm. I remember thinking that as much as the first time I watched the show. Why does Marie steal these things. I don't know that we have any evidence to speculate on that. Right. I mean, this is the, so she steals the shoes earlier. Uh, I don't really know why she stole the shoes. It seemed like something she was doing for fun, but also it's also, it seemed like that, or she might've done it for spite from the, the person behind the counter. It was a direct reference to her saying that the shoes she wore on made her feel like she's a nurse or a lesser person. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it, I think that Elizabeth might be onto something that Marie steals as a way to deal with a, some sort of underlying low self-esteem or worth or jealousy issue. Maybe it's because Hank keeps saying, I don't want to be married to her <laughs> all the time. Right. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't know. That's plausible. And I know it, it's hard to f- try to figure out, you know, what their standard of living is in Albuquerque as a radiation technology or radiation tech and Hank as mm-hmm. um, a fairly high ranking DEA agent of that branch. I don't know, but 
I kind of get the impression that maybe they live, whereas Walt and Skyler try to live within their means and avoid debt and not use credit cards. Hank and Marie seem to be the type that maybe live a little outside their means, even if they make like a lot more Marie. money. I feel like Marie pressures Hank into buying stuff that for her that he doesn't really need to and then or that she, she doesn't need at all. Yeah. And, and then, then when he says no, she's like, all right, I'm going to go steal something. But there's something still too, like there's, she, she's doing it something about, there's a, there's a problem with her self-worth. I, I feel like, I, I think Elizabeth might be onto something here. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I feel that way. She though. feels like, she feels like she's a nurse. She feels like she's in a, you know, a lower class position. So she steals nice pairs of shoes. She feels mm-hmm. jealous that Skylar's having this baby and. Now she's going to get this really showy gift and be the awesomest aunt, and she's really amped yeah. up on the video. Yeah. It's like she's getting jacked by it. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, she also wants to know if we are going to continue with season two. We already confirmed that we are. This is the last email before we get to the spoilers. Don't hold us to this, but our plans are to come back for season two around November. Yeah, we've got a big thing with the Walking Dead month uh, that we're doing. Right, going to keep us busy, and we've got a couple. We've got a new couple new shows we're doing. Got a couple, Walking Dead's coming back, and we'll be doing American Horror. We might be doing Homeland. There's going to be a bunch of other stuff going on. Already um, started Boardwalk. There is a lull in the schedule between like November, December, and early January that we're going to exploit to get in season two. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I had to speculate i would say that we're probably slating season three to be kind of in the in the summer lull spot kind of like where it is now yeah and then we'll see where we go i don't i don't i sh- i and i'm definitely sure that we're going to do season two and three because this has been a lot of fun and it's also been you know you guys have really responded our traffic has been really nice on it um i don't know about season four and five not even if it'd be wildly popular it's like yeah. Will that be a retread? Yeah, it's it's hard to talk about those without just having a spoiler cast. We we have Maybe that's about, what we do. We just yeah. have there is like if you want if you want the first time experience, mm-hmm. we have those recorded. It's on our site. Um but we maybe do a 20 30 minute just spoiler and uh um, It's weird though cuz on some of those casts we did spoiler sections as well for the stuff that we had spoiled while it was airing. Well, but it wasn't just that. It was also rumors and like uh-huh. foreshadow stuff that you couldn't just get watching the episode. So is that the extra spoilery section? That's a super mega confirmed after spoiler. the spoilers. Like stay tuned after the music, after the spoilers for the extra spoilers. No, it'd just be a spoiler. Like we wouldn't, it's just like, look, if you haven't watched breaking bad yet, fuck off. Yeah. Go, go find the original. But yeah, so I, I don't know. To say we're still working on that, but yeah, November is probably when we'll do season two. Yeah. Not sure exactly when, but to find the way, it's a way to keep plugged in on that is to check baldmove.com, get on Facebook and like us on facebook.com slash baldmove or follow Jim on Twitter at baldmove because we will be announcing and we always announce uh, our shows when they drop there. And that's the best way to, to keep in touch. Uh, we got a little bit to say about uh, some promotion and then we have some spoilers. Uh, if you don't want to hear us on any of that stuff, we'll check out now and see you next week for the metastasis slash season one wrap up and review until then i'm aaron and i'm jim and we're back with the spoiler section what do we have this week
Uh, this is not the last time we're going to see those goofy hats that Walt and Jesse wears. They use it in their stick-up of Saul in <laughs> Season right. 2, Episode 8. When they take him out to the desert and yeah. put the gun to his head. Yeah. And he cons $5 out of him. No, but I like, <laughs> I like how... The- I like how they just do that. You know, they they pull those props uh-huh. out. You know, they could have put them in legit ski masks, but no, yeah. they, they, there's nothing wrong with these uh, fuzzy fuzzy hats. No, they look funny and they're a good callback too. So why not? Uh, Lydia, late in uh, mid season five, tells Walt, "We're going to make a lot of money together," uh-huh. which is a direct callback to Tuco. Did she then say tight, tight, tight? She did not say tight, tight, tight. Uh, depending on how you feel about Lydia, you might describe her as tight, tight, tight. Uh, do you think, because also looking at, I think Serial.com does a very nice job of breaking down these shot-by-shot remakes that the cinematographers and the DPs do. But Tuco killing Nodos is a parallel of Gus killing Victor. Um, now, Gus is not Tuco. But the and fact- Gus has a fucking reason. Well, I mean, Nodos steps out of line and undermines his authority. Uh-huh. Victor took it upon himself to do a cook. Mm-hmm. And there's also another, you know, there's also another reason, the fact that he was seeing all that stuff. But the shot was unmistakably broken down and shot to be, you know, the way the guy's body hits the floor, the angle that they're lying, the reaction shot of Walt and Jesse, they're identical. Mm-hmm. And Lydia, who turns out to be a threat to Walt and a bad and a big bad in her own right, do you think that this is somehow the Villigan trying to draw a thread between, you know, Tuco's clearly a maniac. Yeah. But yet Gus is just as threatening in his own way, and Lydia is just as threatening and dangerous as his own way. It's like he, he's got these motifs he paints the villains with. Yeah, well, I think that... I, Gus is certainly not as hot-headed as Tuco, obviously, but he still has a level of pride. Tell me that when he's when he's screaming about I have killed Don Eladio. You know? <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, he, he's he, not as quick to it's, wrath. It's, How about it's that? buried further under the surface. Yeah. But he can get if not he's not methed out, but he can definitely get Tuco crazy. Okay. I, I don't know that those are comparable. Okay. <laughs> but Ask Victor. <laughs> but there is a level of pride that is running through all of these drug dealers, mm, right? Including Walt. Including Crazy Eight, including Walt, including Tuco, Gus, everybody. Um, I, I think that might be the thread that connects them all. Uh. And then the thing that makes makes it so easy to make these connections between the scenes so Skyler's reaction to Walt's hypothetical: Would you turn me in? Would you divorce me? And yeah. she says, you know, after she 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 has her initial kind of straight reaction, but then she, she comes back coyly. You don't want to find out. It it's, actually he did want to find out. He got an accountant out of the thing. So I was going to say it's ironic that when he finally did come clean, that she became his partner in crime. And it shows the shades of gray, right? Like when when the reality isn't there skyler is quick to quick to act like she wouldn't have any interest in helping out a criminal when she's confronted with the reality that walt is in fact doing this and now i have to make a decision for my family and stuff it's a very different story no she totally turns into like mrs soprano along the way yeah um so i just thought that was kind of interesting also Chekhov's faulty ignition switch in this rv (laughs) This has been a theme that's been building and building and building. Finally pays off in four days out. Uh-huh. 
Um, or maybe it's three days out. It's some, it's some X amount of days out. I just think that's you know yet another uh, a, a, a key jiggle of doom. Yeah, uh, we got some spoiler takes on email. Get to these. Actually, a lot of them. Martin T said, "I totally forgot about the baby shower video that Marie filmed in season finale of season one. What do you guys think Holly will feel and think when she sees this in ten or fifteen years? And do you think that Walt is thinking of himself being dead when she sees it? The latter part." I don't think you can argue that that's why he was a lot more sober than everybody and feel, feel like everybody in the room knew that too. Yeah. What the Holly question is a great one. Her dad's dead. He's arguably the most notorious criminal in Albuquerque history. Uh-huh. But this is a very touching tender scene. What does she take from this? Does she ever does Skylar ever show it to her? I that's a really good question because if Skylar shows this to her, uh, Skylar has a lot of questions that she has to answer that Holly's going to have, right? I mean, knowing that your father was a notorious kingpin in Albuquerque, you're going to have questions about how involved your mother was. How, how much did you know? Did you help yeah. him? Uh, and as far as everyone knows, at the end of that, uh, Skylar wasn't involved. Yeah. As far as the people in the show are concerned. But does she lie? Does she... Does she tell her straight up? Does this video, does she use this as evidence to say that your father was a nice guy and I'm a nice woman and don't worry about it? Well, also, the other thing is, depending on whether Walt's plan for the final disposition of his money, whether that actually works in the finale. Yeah. uh, Holly and Walt Jr. are set up for life. Sure. And whether they eventually find out if all, all of his respect, wishes are respected and they find out that that is actually their old man doing something, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Walt Jr., I don't think, ever gets over this. But mm-hmm. Holly never knowing the man and watching this video and seeing the money that's followed and realizing her dad, father was perhaps doomed anyway. Yeah. That's a really good question. And Unfortunately, all we can do is kind of make shit up about it. The one thing I will know is she will be grateful to Skylar for not naming her Esmeralda. <laughs> That's the one thing I can say for sure. No? No Hunchback and Notre Dame fan, no. fans? All right. No. Benji said, uh, this is talking about our our question about where Gus and Victor, or not Gus and Victor, Vic, Vic, ugh, Gus and Crazy 8 and Tuco all fit in the local drug ecosystem. My yeah. take, 20 years ago, Gus was a budding coke heroin dealer in a network that Don Eladio sits at the head of. At this time, meth is not really a thing yet. Max just happens to be able to make it because of his chemistry expertise, and he and Gus see meth as the wave of the future. Wave of the future. And they push it to have it included in the Don Eladio drug-dealing empire. Don Eladio kills Max, quashes the whole idea, and Gus settles back into his old role. You flash forward 20 years, Gus is now a major player in the drug game. Responsible for large-scale distribution of cocaine and heroin all over the Southwest, but he's still paying a portion of this to Don Eladio. Gus decides to bring on a cook, start his own meth empire on the side of the drug ring that he shares with Eladio, so he's basically cutting him out of the business. In this scenario, Gus is actually new to the game around the time the show is starting, which is kind of aligned with our speculation. We can get behind that, right? Uh, New to the meth game... Maybe. I don't know. The one inconsistency I see is that the Mexican cartel clearly has a meth system set up at some point because they bring Jesse down to teach them how to make better meth. Well, not that, but I'm going to go on Tom G, our, but, our, our buddy's point, too. He says, my take has always been that Gus has not yet turned the tables on the cartel. At the point in time Tuco is operating, Gus is subservient to the cartel and probably had a Tuco arrangement. 
After all, when Tuco's cousins come to visit, Gus does not immediately off them. In fact, he only does it mm. indirectly through Hank. Yeah. That's the whole key that I had the forgotten. Cousins. Tuco is related to one of the top lieutenants in the Don Eladio Empire. Yeah. So he's either operating officially for Don Eladio or with his uh, knowledge, permission, and probably health, healthy tributes. Yeah, I would say... So this is a, 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 a just a, a naked takeover by Gus. It's so weird, though, because why would Tuco make this deal with Walt to, to distribute his meth if he's got... I mean, I know it's better meth. No, I don't... No, I'm, I don't think Gus is... I think that I'm synthesizing all these views and that Gus has not gone live with his meth operation yet. He's distributing stuff. And neither stuff. has Tuco? That, that Tuco is distributing meth. Gus is moving to coke and heroin. Maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, this is all kind of little speculation, but it, I think if you take these all these views we've talked about and put together, um, or maybe, maybe, um, as we said, as we kind of surmised before, Gus had the whole Southwest except for uh, New Mexico and Albuquerque, which Don Eladio kept for T, uh, uh, his T.O.'s nephew. But Gus is smuggling meth in in those chicken buckets right but that's after he had his operation going uh and we don't i mean we just don't know where would he be smuggling the meth in from if he wasn't getting it from mexico but Uh, do you mean that the meth gus got in the meth business at the beginning of the show yes yes when he brought on gail before he was either distributing meth through um, – he was kind of like a peer of Tuco or he was distributing like coke and heroin and not not meth because that also fits in with the backstory we know with him and Max and, and Don Eladio not really being interested in, in their proposal. So but he lets Don Tuco Eladio get away is with it. distributing meth and has cook sites in Mexico. No, I don't. Well, we know he has labs in Mexico. We know, yeah, sure, cer- certainly. Uh, Gus does anyway, which yeah. is also weird. But uh, I, I don't know. Some something here isn't lining up for me. All right, well, uh, and, and I feel like it has to do with him taking out Don Eladio after Tuco has been taken out. Well, for sure, Tuco operating here is not the problem because he is part of the Don Eladio organization, which I'd kind of forgotten. Yeah. So yeah. let's move on. Uh, it can be a part of ongoing investigation. I feel like I need an <laughs> infographic or something. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Uh, that's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, Jim F. says, here's a question. If this show took place in Detroit instead of New Mexico, it would not. Ins- I would not like it nearly as much. Would either one of you, the scenes in the no. southwestern desert, really add a lot? Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think it feels more like a general crime show. It's different. One one of the reasons I love Wire, The Wire is because it really embraces uh, Baltimore. Yeah. There's a lot of iconic shots. I mean, it's a real living, breathing city. One of the reasons I love Breaking Bad is because it really embraces its its you know this New Mexican desert and the city of Albuquerque should have top billing along with all the other actors because it's it's a, it's its own character and it would definitely not be the same show. But on yeah. the other hand, I feel like you could do a lot with the decay of of uh, Detroit and sure. contrasting with the flashy new downtown. 
It'd be and interesting. The suburbs. There, but I've seen so many crime dramas taking place in cities. Yeah, like the thing that was different about this is you had these vast expanses of nothing. Plus the western feel. So many like sh- uh, homages to western uh-huh. sh- uh, showdowns and. Yeah, you know, and Vince Gilligan is a big fan of westerns. Exactly, and the color palette mm-hmm. would be completely different. It'd be grays instead of browns, and that's that's the the thing that really pops about Breaking Bad is that really saturated desert look that they got. The impossibly blue skies, the impossibly ruddy deserts. Yeah, I, I feel like it would just be. It would. It might have the same charm to it, like in the characters, but the setting makes Breaking Bad, in my opinion. Barry C. said, I heard the Villigan's original plan is for Tuco to be the big bad for multiple seasons, but the actor got another gig and elected not to continue the role in extended capacity. As mm-hmm. we all know, this led to possibly the greatest nemesis in TV history, Gus Fring. Do you think Tuco could have carried the show for multiple seasons? He's a great actor and a very scary character, but he seemed too one-dimensional and easy to outsmart for Heisenberg to worry about. Yeah, that effect of loose cannon versus genius meth cook. Right. It doesn't last more than two seasons, I think. Yeah. The now only you need reason, someone on Walt's level intellectually. The only reason they got multiple seasons out of Gus is that contrast between Gus's outward appearance and what's going on inside. And yeah. Walt's enamored of him, enamored of him as being, this is the kind of guy I want to be. Yeah, he, you know? he was not a villain. He until... meets Tuco and he does not want to be anything like Tuco. He meets yeah. Gus and he's like, this is guy got his shit together. This is mm-hmm. the guy I can learn from. I can, you know... Completely uh, I can different. Respect and see as a peer. They needed to change that pace up a little bit. Uh, Michelle W. For our final take, uh, wants to talk about Skyler. Uh, says I got I got away on Skyler. Uh, she says one Skyler's half-hearted sexual advance toward Walt while she's watching her auction on eBay. My take on this is when I watched it was their sexual relationship had fizzled. Clearly, it was not. Uh, non-existent or she would not be pregnant, but it seemed to me that they had reached a point in their marriage where they did not have a lot of passion in their sex life. She initiated a sexual act and he looked like he had no interest at all. It could be argued that he had no interest because it was a half-assed attempt on her part. Or it could be that in general, he had not had a lot of sexual interest in recent weeks, months, or even years. He was clearly depressed and depression causes a lower libido if he's truly interested in a sexual encounter, I would think he would have taken the laptop and put it on the nightstand and say, okay, woman, let's go. In any case, I find it interesting that so many men put all the blame on Skylar for a half-ass attempt when it takes two people uh, to be in a relationship and uh, or have a sex life to evolve like that. If Walt had a laptop on his lap, no problem. I'm saying, yeah, I agree with that. The yeah. fact of the matter is she started a hand job in the middle of her auction. She knew where that was going. I want to watch this auction, but I deserve my husband deserves a hand job on his birthday. Sorry, that's Skylar's fault. Whether whether <laughs> Walt responded to a hand job where she doesn't have a, a laptop on her lap, yeah, is a different thing altogether. Yeah. I know. I mean, I look. She instigated that under false pretenses. We are bald move. Try to have an even measured response uh-huh. i think that it's just as invalid for anna gunn and vince gilligan to be like gee whiz where did all the skylar hate come from it must be internet misogyny though god knows that's a big part of it sure and that's a part that i personally am invested in trying to educate and eliminate however it's also equally invalid to be like skylar's a bitch it's all her fault blah 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 because it takes two to tango all right. But somebody's got to start the tango, and nobody started the tango there. Well, the, Skyler pretended to. I think the point is it was a birthday. Like, 
you know, a gift given on the birthday is commiserate with the mm-hmm. thought and care that gives into giving it. Okay? Mm-hmm. She put a lot of thought and care into doing the surprise birthday party, which Walt did not give a shit about, did not want. Okay? Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe he's into having a hand job. Maybe he's not. He's clearly tired. He's already got lung cancer, although he doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's got a decreased libido. But why? If I if I'm getting in bed with my girlfriend and she's got she's got her laptop open, my thought isn't like, oh, I'm going to get lucky tonight. My thought yeah. is, oh, I'm going to grab a book and start reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I I wouldn't be I, I would be shocked if there was a a, a hand job to start in the middle of that. And obviously, you know, we see how the scene went from there. So, like, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate what you're trying to say here. And, again, I do like to be balanced. But I also think that it's it's missing the mark to say I don't understand why men negatively rea- – and women negatively reacted to Skylar in that scene. Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, their sex life is basically non-existent. I get that. But the sex life is not the, in question here. Mm-hmm. It's specifically that hand job. Sure. And that hand job was lackluster, regardless of whether Walt responded to it. Sure. It was it was it was a false hand job. It was that's that's, unless not, that's no hand job at all. Is unless what I'm you're into humiliation as part of like a BDSM thing, there's <laughs> nothing sexy erotic about that. Let's move on. Okay. Skylar's controlling things. Yes, she does, and so does Walt, but I hear so much more criticism for Skylar in regards to this issue than for Walt. I thought perhaps Walt became more and more passive as the years went on in their marriage, and Skylar overcompensated for that. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Skylar deals with stress and uncomfortable emotions by trying to take control of situations wherever possible, which, again, Walt does too. She tried to take action to fix issues or make things better. I thought she turned her emotions inward and suppressed them and then focused on something she could do. The funny thing is Walt does the exact same thing and was overly controlling to the point of openly manipulating others to steer outcomes – Yet he so often got a free pass from it from the audience. Schuyler often was crucified for taking control. I can't help but think this in general cultural gender bias uh, and women are just as guilty as men in viewing things this way in our society. I can't argue with that. However, I think you can – a lot of this can be understood by Walt is the protagonist. Mm -hmm. And yes, he's manipulating people to hide a criminal activity and – I think it's kind of off-putting that Skyler just casually manipulates people. It's one thing to manipulate him in the intervention because you're trying to save your husband's life. Sure. But there's a lot of times where she just does it kind of out of convenience. Yeah, it, it's, it's the veggie bacon stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that sums it up. The veggie bacon is the problem. <laughs> However, it's absolutely true that you teach, you train people how sure. to treat you in a relationship. And Walt had clearly trained her that she needs to be the one in charge of making decisions and doing stuff and yeah. allowed it to happen that way, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, she also points out Walt puts a, a tremendous additional stress onto his pregnant wife. I'm puzzled at why this is so often glossed over or ignored. How many husbands try to make things easier for their wives when they're pregnant? I think many. I don't remember Walt making any effort in this regard. When Skylar finds out her husband has a terminal illness, that would be enough stress on top of a pregnancy. Walt's add-on, constant lying, sneaking around, disappearing for days on end, calling her to call, or causing her to call hospitals and morgues and put up missing person signs. There's so much general instability and unreliability down to small things like promising to paint the baby's room and never doing it. 
which is a point that I made as well, defending Skylar. I don't, yeah. I never know whether people listen to all the podcasts or they listen to the latest one. Yeah. But, you know, you have to kind of listen to them all to get my Skylar commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, she continues, he missed the birth and he didn't even, she didn't even bother to ask where he was. It's like she'd given up on him giving her straight answers. I think any intuitive person would have thought their partner was having an affair. Personally, if I was in her shoes, I think I would have driven me nuts knowing something is wrong, but your partner not admitting it. And this would get my stress levels rising, not to mention possibly questioning my own judgment and sanity. So I totally agree with everything she's saying, except for the birthday hand job. Honestly, I I think that's indefensible. I don't have a fucking problem with Skylar post season one. Honestly, once Walt starts doing the shit that he's doing and lie, straight up lying to her and mixing her up in this shit and his entire family, I don't have a problem with the reaction that she has to that. I don't have a problem with any of her reaction. Uh, honestly, I think that all these things are human characters and perfect characters. Sometimes they do mm-hmm. odious things. Um, and she becomes much more sympathetic in season four and five, season three even. Yeah. But it's also, I think somewhat missing in point to just not know where any of this is coming from anywhere. No, no, no. I, and you're right. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Some of these things, you know, as the audience, it invites us mm-hmm. to think how badass Walt is and how awesome and how life affirming and fulfilling. And he's a dead man, but he's doing these awesome, cool things. Whereas Skylar is just the perpetual wet blanket. And I feel like that's the reaction that kind we're supposed of. to have. And yeah, you mean, can't fault an audience for having. It's like you know, uh, I, Robert Kirkman. Same thing in The Walking Dead. Wrote this interview uh, with him where he's like, "I don't understand why people hated Lori Grimes. It's internet misogyny." Well, he, he just doesn't get who his characters are. Then you're terrible. You're a terrible writer because she was written yeah. to be irritating. So you did a bad job. No, if, you, did, if, you did a good job at writing those characters to be irritating. But he claimed it not to <laughs> but do that. That was not his goal. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. The, I, I we'll talk about that in, uh, in The Walking Dead because I got a lot to say about that. But I appreciate your feedback. And again, if you hear one of the episodes where I'm pointing out things that are negative about Skylar and you don't hear all the other episodes where I'm trying to find a more reason and nuanced, I can see where you'd be upset. But I, I honestly, tr- I'm trying to be pretty fair and even handed about that because I don't think Vince and Anna were right about the stuff they said in season five. And I don't think, obviously, some of the really nasty things that were being said about her in seasons three and four were right as well. I think, you know, like most things, there's there's a there's a truth that lies in the middle. Yeah, and there's also a disconnect on what you think as the creator of the show and what actually gets put on screen. Sure. Uh, you kind of build a mythos of these characters around in your head. That may not be what people see yeah. on the actual screen, so... And you're true. The internet and life in general is full, chock full of misogyny. Sure. And whatever you try to portray on a f- uh, screen is going to be filtered through that cultural lens. Mm-hmm. So some of this stuff you can't, I don't think you can really blame Vince or Anna or, you know, Skylar White for. But then some of it is definitely, I can see where people have problems with the character. Okay. That's it. Uh, if you'd like to give us feedback, more feedback, uh, if you'd like to talk to us, uh, we got one more week that we're coming back for. You can do so at BreakingGood at BaldMove.com. Uh, but until then, until that time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you then.